Yeah, I really like that. It's like, how can I break that down into things that are a lot less scary to me? Like, see this as a stair, right? If the next step of the stair is too too high, <laughs> you know, and you cannot really go up there. Cool. Yeah. How can I create, you know, like something in between? Like, can I can I put a box there that's like easier yeah. to manage and easier to go up, right? Yeah. So I think that's a good way to visualize it. Welcome to the Mindful Dream Podcast, where we help you to not lose sight of what's really important whilst chasing your dreams. Today's guest is Tiago Enriquez. He's a Brazilian content creator with over a quarter of a million Instagram followers. He uses a unique and playful tone, which his audience loves. He's recently released a book and he has his own podcast too, but unfortunately all of it is in Portuguese. He's hoping to make the leap to English content, where I'm sure he'll gain many loyal fans too. This is the most I laughed in any of the podcast recordings, and I really hope you enjoy listening. Welcome, Thiago. It's great to have you here. You're the first person to record from my flat. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. <laughs> For the people back home, how Thiago knows is actually quite a funny story. So we both live in Stratford in East London. And in one of my stories on Instagram, he noticed that I live really close to him. So it was kind of a little bit scary and a little bit stalkerish. A little creepy, yeah. But now we're <laughs> becoming great friends and I play football with him and it's one of those weird things how social media can make you friends in real life. Yeah. So I'm glad you sent me that stalkery message. Yeah, it's true. Uh, no, thanks for inviting me here. Very happy to be here. First podcast in English. Yeah. Podcast slash video. So very flattered. And yeah, it's one of those good coincidences, you know. It shows us how social media is great for like meeting like-minded people and yeah pleasure to be here <laughs> yeah. so as, as Thiago mentioned most of his content is in Portuguese because he's originally from Brazil so I've seen his content and it looks amazing but I often Thank have you. no idea what it actually means <laughs> <laughs> but it's very good with the visuals so uh, one thing I want to ask you is what's some common advice you disagree with yeah um so common advice I disagree with has a lot to do with my content actually I talk a lot about creativity, but I like to have an empathetic vision on that topic. So it's like a mixture of creativity and personal development. And a common piece of advice I really tend to disagree with is something we hear very often, which is the classic, just do it as a <laughs> universal solution to things when people are scared. So like, oh my God, I'm really scared of quitting my job. or I'm really scared of, you know, I don't know, going on a date. It could be anything for your life. And then <laughs> some people just approach it as a, just do it like ignore what you're feeling and all those you know all, all, all these things and i don't think that is like something that should be taken as a universal solution obviously it might serve some people it might work very well but for me for instance it has always paralyzed me and i always needed to find a process that perhaps exposed me gradually to that thing that scares me or yeah. you know find a way to do that that is not just do it so that's definitely something that bothers me when I hear it. And again, I know it works for some people, but <laughs> we shouldn't take this so extremely, in my opinion. Sometimes I think the best thing to do is just do it, but just do it small. Mm -hmm. Do something small. So don't go straight for quitting your job and becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah. Try it on the side first or test it out first. Because that's one of the things I think people often don't see. Is they think there's this big transformational life change that happens overnight. Yeah. But often it's because they did smaller things beforehand but nobody ever saw them. So true. And that kind of distorts our image of what people are doing because when they're small, you're not paying attention to them. Yeah. You only start paying attention to them once they're massive or once they've got a following. That is so true. I, I like to call that concept the minimum viable fear 
It's like <laughs> if I'm scared of something and I cannot do it, cool. What's the minimum viable fear I can face today? And that's great. Like it feels like progress, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's in different areas of your life. So for example, it's all about dating. If you're really scared to go on a date with somebody, maybe instead you go on a like you meet a stranger for something that's not romantic. Yeah. But it just gets your confidence up in meeting strangers. Exactly. And that might be less scary for you than going on a pure date. Yeah, I really like that. It's like, how can I break that down into things that are like less scary to me? Like, see this as a stair, right? If the next step of the stair is too too high, <laughs> you know, and you cannot really go up there. Cool. Yeah. How can I create, you know, like something in between? Like, can I, can I put a box there that's like easier yeah. to manage and easier to go up, right? Yeah. So I think that's a good way to visualize it. The concept Tiago mentioned there with the minimum viable fear, think about that in your own life. So I know a lot of people listening are going to be wanting to make changes in their life. They want to do something new, but they're a bit scared about how to do it. How can you start? So for example, I know some people start their social media pages under a pseudonym and that way it's a lot less scary for them. So it's all these different little tips and tricks you can use to just make things a little bit easier because you don't need to go all out there. So for example, for me, when I started my writing, I didn't think anybody was ever going to read it. If I did, I probably wouldn't have used my real name. So it's just something to think about. Yeah, I like that concept quite a lot. I also had a project where I was anonymous. And you mm. know, that, that taught me a lot because at the end of the day, the knowledge is transferable and you're not mm. going to lose that energy and time you applied, you invested. You're just going to, you know, carry that for your next project. So even if you evolve the project at the end of the day as well, like, you know, perhaps in the beginning you don't appear so much, you write more and then you start showing up if you want to, if you need to, you know. So I like that. I quite like that. (laughs) It's it's what I'm doing now, right? So I started off just writing. I never appeared in front of the camera. And then now slowly I'm doing more and more video stuff, more and more podcast stuff. It's helped because people might look at it and they see me today and think I started like this and I didn't. It took me a long time to build up the confidence to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, I think for me, it was also a quite gradual concept, like mm-hmm. just for being like, just for being here, just to talk in English, it's something that's quite, it's like scared me a lot more mm-hmm. a long time ago. So mm-hmm. now, for instance, I'm chilled because I know you, it's not like a known yeah. person, you know, and I took, I took, I've taken steps before, right? I created content in Portuguese, I mm-hmm. create content in video and podcasts, and now I'm, it's easier for me to just be here, you know, <laughs> and taking this next step, which is like, cool let's answer questions and let's have a chat in English, you know, which is new. So I like that process. Like I find it quite fascinating and it shows that it's actually more accessible, let's say, to create content and just show ideas online. It's not just for extroverts or something that's definitely anyone could like, can have a go at. (laughs) Yeah. Because you did a lot of side projects before your current brand, right? Yeah. Can you talk a bit about that, what you started off with? Yeah, sure. Uh, it, could, it could definitely be like any sort of projects. I always like to, to see side projects as this way of multiplying yourself <laughs> and trying different interests. Because I think it's, it's just human nature to have lots of interests. Although we do live in a specialized culture, you know, mm. you get a job, whatever, people spe- expect you to be specialized. We still like photography and we still like, I don't know, mm. to, to make miniatures of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> you can have any hobbies and interests you like. And I think side projects are great for you to experiment with those and validate if you mm. actually like doing the things. So I yeah. had like different projects from like, I don't know, working with a friend of mine who's in IT and we developed mm-hmm. like this sort of uh, app to 
it wasn't really an app, but it's just like it analyzes your WhatsApp messages and then gives mm-hmm. you rankings of people. Like this is the most annoying person of the chat, <laughs> or this is a blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> so you could just create assumptions based on you know reading the data. I did the design, he did the programming, and then I don't know. There's another project which played with languages. I'm quite into languages. I really mm-hmm. like to learn languages. So it was basically like puns combining Portuguese and English. So yeah. it's a quite niche thing, but it was fun to do, you know. And it's always yeah. like exploring things I like. Because I feel like sometimes people are restricted, like, oh, this is my job mm-hmm. and this is what I do. And then they have this frustration because they're not exploring things they, they mm-hmm. want to. And side projects are a great way to do that. Yeah. And well, on your Portuguese pun thing there, so you obviously know that I worked with a few Portuguese people in the past. So what I used to do is learn some of these phrases. And yeah. one, for example, is they'll say somebody looks as good as corn. And I don't know Ooh. why Portuguese people think <laughs> corn is attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. We actually don't have that one in Brazil. They say that one in oh. Portugal. And I find it so funny. And, th- and that's the beauty of it. It's like, cool, I like languages. I think this is funny. And I don't care like if somebody else would feel it's strange because I'm never going to please everybody. you know. Yeah. But there's going to be those many people who are actually fascinated by language mm-hmm. and they are going to be happy about what I'm creating. you know. And that's one thing. It's one of the most important things I've learned with this very mm-hmm. niche project I had. It's like, I don't care that it's just me and my group of friends who are really into creating this puns. Uh, I'm going to share it and then I'm going to see what happens. And I'm going to do it anonymously and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And that taught me so much about social media. So that, mm-hmm. that Instagram profile had like, a fi- I think, 50,000 followers there. Yeah. Quite high engagement. It showed me how to grow on social, how to connect with people. It brought mm-hmm. me opportunities that I would never you know, have gained. And it was just a side project that I was doing for fun. Yeah. And when I actually wanted to create my main project, which is the project that mm-hmm. I now work on, all this knowledge just kind of automatically stayed in my brain. It just transferred to my new project. You know, I stopped the other one because of focus. I wanted to prioritize and it's great. It's just like, you know, sometimes if you just put out what you have, which is weird inside you, (laughs) you find people who are as weird as you. you (laughs) So you're doing all these projects on the side and you're having great fun with it. What made you then make the shift to go full time into this new brand? Did you kind of struggle to keep a project going on on the side? So you decided I need to take this all the way? Mm. Or what was the decision-making that happened there? So I was working as a graphic designer previously, which is something I quite like and something that I definitely implement in my content. I really like to play with visuals and I really like to visualize complex stuff using visuals. And well, I think, I think that one of the biggest motivations is just, it's just having that like flexibility that I wanted to like choose when I want to work and which timings and where I want to work. I think it's good to have the geographic flexibility, something that I, that I really appreciate being able to work from everywhere, especially because my family is from Brazil. So you never know, maybe I need to spend a couple of weeks there because somebody, I don't know, is ill or whatever. I would like to have that option and be more flexible about it. And I think that's something I struggled with in that transition is is the fact that like obviously it's scary to just like do your own thing and mm-hmm. i'm not one of those people who you know oh my god i was born with this entrepreneurial gene i'm like no i just don't like create <laughs> cool stuff you know like that's the kind of mindset i have so for me i made a list of things that were scaring me and stopping me from actually mm-hmm. making that transition i made a list of financial things that i needed to sort out and practical things and also the psychological things like my fears and everything and then when I made that list and I realized, oh my God, the financial stuff is solved, the practical stuff. When I say practical, it's more because like, oh, I'm Brazilian, but I'm also Portuguese. Can I stay yeah. here in this country? Like this sort of, you know, yeah. admin stuff. 
And then there was the emotional stuff, which is like, I am freaking scared. <laughs> like, all these things are like, what scares me? And when I made all of this tangible, it was way easier to realize that was just the emotional stuff that mm-hmm. was actually scaring me. So yeah, I, I guess that was like the main struggle like in that transition. And there's also mm-hmm. something I forgot to mention when it comes to like why I wanted to follow up with that project, which is mm-hmm. the possibility of doing different projects, right? So mm-hmm. I worked on my book, which was just launched. It's a book in Portuguese, unfortunately. Like, there's no point in me talking about it. <laughs> I was like, damn, I created books in Portuguese. <laughs> you can translate it for us or like give us a bit of an idea of what it's about. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure when it goes worldwide, then we'll get an English copy. Yeah, ooh, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah but it's basically a, a journey book. So it talks about this character who wants, has an idea and then it mm-hmm. goes through all the sort of uh, creative process, but it's not just the practical bit of like, oh, put ideas on a paper and then get these ideas and blah, but actually the things that happen in real life, which is mm-hmm. like, I don't want to get started because this mm-hmm. idea is so perfect in my head. So what's yeah. going to happen if I start doing it? It's not going to be perfect anymore. So it's basically the character going through all mm-hmm. these stages, like from the start until, you know, actually showing the idea and then getting, you know, maybe haters yeah. saying, oh my God, that's horrible. You know, how do you do if this starts left? So it's a book about all of these moments in the creative process. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that like I can work on a project like this, like a book, and mm-hmm. then later be focused on working on the next project, which is a course, and then focus on the next, next project, which is something yeah. else. I really like how I'm exploring different sort of media, how I'm exploring different projects. And that's a restriction I had before as a designer. And as a content creator, I can explore a little more. It's like, cool, I can do different things. I'm a human being who has lots of interests and I can actually use them. And yeah. that fascinates me, like that idea of being able to be versatile, creatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the list you made, how long did you take over that process? So like, was it something you just did in a day and you're like, okay, this is my solution? Or was it, mm. did it take you a while to go through that? It did take me a while. I always like to digest this sort of stuff. Like I need to like write it down. <laughs> I need to put it in front of me so I can see from another perspective. And, and really, I think it really took me like a month mm. to like make that decision. Because I realized, I was always looking at the list and I was realizing how much all of those fears, those boxes I needed to check, you mm-hmm. know, like, they would never be checked until I yeah. left my job. There was no way I could do that beforehand. So mm-hmm. I needed to be, you know, <laughs> like, I needed to actually take that jump. And the fact that all the other bits of the list, so like the practical and the financial one, were checked, that, that was great because it showed me like everything mm-hmm. that was under my control and that I could do is mm-hmm. done. Now mm. it's all about the unpredictability of life. <laughs> like, yeah. It just happens that I need to take that step. Otherwise, I would never mm. be able to, you know, actually do it. Mm. So I think that was comforting, knowing that, like, this very clear separation of what's in my control, what's outside, mm. and the fact that I did everything that I could, which was in my control. I think that realizing that very basic, like, start mm. principle was basically like, yeah. What was something that was on the emotional fear list? Like, did you have, do you remember any of them? Yeah, it's basically like, oh, people thinking that I'm a failure if things go wrong afterwards. Mm-hmm. People, I don't know, judging me because they don't really understand what the job is because mm-hmm. content create, like being a content creator is quite a recent thing. So there was lots of things that I realized that, oh, when I was actually, you know, trying mm-hmm. to see each fear by fear, there are really things that I don't care much about. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes you're just like very scared of this massive cloud and you're like, oh my God, it's such a massive yeah. fear. And then when you actually start looking at the details, like, oh, I actually don't care so much about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously there's the ones that I cared a lot, which is like me, myself, like dealing with the failure, you know, like if I mm-hmm. fail, what does it mean to me? Like, am I going to be super sad or actually 
No, I'm going to be proud because I tried, you know? So yeah. going one by one and really mm -hmm. trying to, I'm not saying like create a proper answer in a form or whatever. It doesn't, mm -hmm. mean, I was way more casual than that. But, <laughs> but like just going through them and realizing, yeah, it's actually possible. It's not that much of a big deal. It was very comforting yeah. and it gave me the confidence to do so. It's the same thing. I think a lot of people have this. It's a cloud of worry. And that's really hard to deal with because what do you do with a cloud, right? Whereas if you can try and put it down and say, like, these are the exact things what are bothering you, then you can deal with those. You can't just deal with a ball of doubt and worry. And I think that's really important of just don't let it sink you down where you've got this feeling in your stomach where you don't feel good. Yeah. Try to get that out and try to work out what is it exactly that the problem is. And you might find that the problem is too big for you. Mm. And that's okay. But as long as you know what it is, in the future, you might be able to have a different mindset. And you might be okay with those problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, if the fear is too big and you actually realize, oh, damn, I took it out of the cloud. I <laughs> had a very good look at it. I zoomed in and yeah. it's way too big. Cool. Yeah. How can I break this down to, you know, <laughs> something smaller? Yeah. And then I think that's the beauty of it. It's like just understanding that the cloud will always be scary. You know, whatever this is. Uh, if you don't make it tangible, it's very tricky to go through it. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I want to take a quick break to ask you to check in on yourself. There's many people struggling with balance, and there's nothing to be ashamed about. The tips that my guests and I share can hopefully help you along the way. But if you already feel overwhelmed or burnt out, it's probably best that you ask somebody for help too. For some, this might be a friend or family member, but others might feel like they have nobody they can talk to. If you're one of these people, Check out the link in the show notes. It's for United for Global Mental Health. They've got helplines all across the world with people willing to listen on the other side. It's important to let somebody know how you're feeling. Now, back to the show. Is there anything at the moment you're struggling with? So you've now been doing this full time for a while. Yeah, I think the biggest struggle is like, I like my project a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, a, there's not a clear separation between work and fun anymore mm. because i think my project is generally fun to do and i really love to like i don't know answer to people's comments and like mm. stuff that people don't normally enjoy as creators sometimes they're just mm. like oh i gotta do this you know? <laughs> but i'm like no i generally like to do it and for me it's tricky because sometimes it's a saturday and i don't know what to do i'm just bored at home and i'm like let me create something but actually mm. it's very obviously healthy for me to to rest and to just take a step you know away from it and just mm. do other things uh, it's not just good creatively, but also good like as like a, a yeah. human being who depends on like recharging energies, right? So I think that's my biggest struggle right now is trying to to reconnect with the things that I like, mm -hmm. and I think I'm slowly doing that. Like for instance, going back to playing football that we've been playing yeah. on Saturdays, for instance, you know. So that time on Saturday, sometimes I would use it to create, but now I'm playing football, so I don't think about content creation. Let me try to set boundaries to work, although work is fun, you know, like mm. not all the time, obviously, yeah. but work is fun. Cool. But it's still something I need to take a break from. Yeah. And I think what you're saying there as well is if you don't take that break, then eventually there will come to a point where work isn't fun anymore. So by taking these breaks regularly, yeah. you allow it to stay fun. Whereas once it becomes your entire life, maybe you do that for two weeks or three weeks or months or a year. Yeah. But then sooner or later, you reach crisis point. Whereas if you're taking breaks throughout, you don't reach that crisis point. You get to recharge and you go back up again, then you go down. 
Whereas if you just go like that, sooner or later. Yeah. So I'm making hand gestures. So if you're listening to this, you won't be able to see it. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing. So I think that's a really good way to think about it is take the breaks even if you don't need them. Yeah. Rather than, it's like the prevention rather than the cure, right? Yeah. So we really think of rest as a reward when actually it should be really, really like seen as part of the process. Yeah. And yeah. I think that mindset shift is very important to make things mm-hmm. sustainable. Yeah. And it's, I think one of the things related to that as well is like, do things that are pointless, isn't it? Where like football is, you can say, oh, you should do it because it's like fitness or whatever like that. But we don't play because it makes us fit. We play because it's fun. Yeah. Do things that are fun because that makes you happier. And then the work and everything like that is better off because you're a happier person overall. Yeah. Yeah. And really trying to like, there's, there's something that happened throughout the pandemic. I don't know if you thought about that too but i feel like people really felt like i need a hobby and it needs to be cool like you know i need to bake bread and it gotta be amazing i'm like yeah. i don't want to bake bread like, I wanna, like maybe i just want to like reconnect with the stuff i like even if they're stupid yeah. you know i was reading your newsletter the one about the tv oh, like yeah. some people are just like oh my god yeah i'm so cool i don't have a tv yeah. but like you do whatever you want to do with your free time if you want to watch yeah. tv just go there like find your way to plug out you know mm-hmm. sometimes your way of plugging off is is playing football. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be reading a book that doesn't make you less or more than other people. You know, it can just yeah. be fun. What you do every time really doesn't matter. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things about reading books as well is that in the past, it used to be the same way the TV was, right? So people would be like, yeah. oh, why are you reading a book for? You should be outside and enjoying yourself and being fit. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's the way it was treated in the past. Whereas now reading a book is seen as really virtuous. Mm. And it's interesting the way that Attitudes have shifted over the last few years, whereas now TV is bad, but book is good. <laughs> and it's the same thing in many ways. It's entertainment. Yeah. You can learn from a TV or you can learn from a book, not one better than the other. Yeah. But we have this mindset of, oh, if somebody reads a book, that means they're intelligent. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, if you read a documentary, or if you watch a documentary, or you watch something which teaches something about life, mm. and it can be fiction, it can be whatever, yeah. why does that make you any lesser? Yeah, it's a very not up-to-date perspective, right? It's just like mm. if you write stock photos, study, it's mm. going to be the person reading a book. You're not mm. going to find a person like maybe, oh, maybe nowadays we do have some pictures of this, but like you're not mm. going to see a person seeing a video on YouTube. Mm. When actually I learned quite a lot, you know, from tutorials on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do think it's like an old-fashioned way of seeing things. But, ho- you know, hopefully we will like catch up on that and update mm. the mindset of that. It doesn't need to be that polarized. Oh my God, books are smart. TV is yeah. not, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, sometimes it's, you shouldn't do things based on how other people perceive you. It should yeah. be based on what you enjoy, what helps you learn, what helps you do what makes you happy at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because even when you said about your emotional fears, the first few you said there, all about what other people think of you. Yeah. And then you realize those aren't important. What matters more is like how you feel about yourself. Yeah, it is true. I, I agree with you. I think that sometimes we just try to fit in like whatever is considered logical or safer. I, I think there's a big fear in general of like uncertainty, right? Oh my God, mm-hmm. if I'm doing this this way and then everybody does it the other way, I might be wrong. But actually mm-hmm. maybe not. You're just more comfortable with that. And that's totally mm-hmm. fine. You know, there's some people who don't like to listen to podcasts. You yeah. know, they like, they prefer to watch things and that's okay. Like you're never going to please everyone, <laughs> you know, and and there's no one size fits all solution. So I think that sort of mindset is very important as well. It has helped me a lot, at least. <laughs> yeah. So what are you working towards now? You've got the content creation that's going really well. You've just had your book out. 
Are you living a successful lifestyle, your ideal lifestyle now? I don't live a successful life. Like, what is success? I'm not really sure. I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of these people that don't have that definition very well kind of established. But I do connect success quite a lot with like choices, like being able to make choices. So mm-hmm. I think that if most of the time, because life is about choices, right? Like choices, yeah. decisions that lead you to somewhere. So if most of your time you're able to actually make choices you want to do rather than you have to do, for me, I think that's that could be something close to a definition of success for me. And I'm not quite there yet. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I sometimes still need to do lots of stuff that are super boring and blah, blah, blah. And I would like to reduce the amount of times I have to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think I'm on the way of building this. I'm, I'm a very patient person. And I know, mm-hmm. especially with the internet, like you do take some time like to build an online presence, like mm-hmm. to get like some systems going. And I think I'm on the way to do that. But one thing that's really important for me is that how I'm trying to build my business as well. It's like rather than thinking that, oh yeah, now I'm in the stage where I need to work a lot. So later I can just like mm-hmm. rest. And do- I don't believe in that. I think it's very hard for you to get out of that stage because it's always going to be something else. So what I try mm-hmm. and do is to build it in a sustainable way. Like, you know, there was obviously that moment where I was overlapping with my job and I needed to kind of go the extra mile, but mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't sustainable. You know, like I knew that yeah. if I did for a bit longer, I would need to like slow down my pace and like, cool. So nowadays I really believe in that of like, for instance, I'm going to take a week off social media, I don't know, mm-hmm. next week. And oh my God, but you're a content creator. You're going to be away completely from social media for a week. Yeah, I want to try to do that because mm-hmm. if I never try to do that, <laughs> yeah. How can I find out if it works, right? I have mm-hmm. to take that risk. And if I found out, find out that it doesn't, mm-hmm. maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a sign I should review, review what I'm doing. Or it's a sign that I have to test maybe, oh, if I do it three days and I just mm-hmm. have a quick look, does it work, right? So I'm always up for testing these things. Of yeah. like, let's see how I can keep building this sustainably. And Because for me, that's like, that would be close to success, let's say. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> one point related to that, that came up to my head when I was talking is that when uh, Tiago came in, he noticed I had a dishwasher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was really happy. He was like, I need a dishwasher. So when he's talking about his successful lifestyle and how <laughs> the things he needs to do and, and wants to do, I think for Tiago, getting a dishwasher so he doesn't have to do the dishes yes. would be his ideal lifestyle to help him live that life, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how you feel when you come back from holidays. When I come back mm-hmm. from holidays, I come like, oh my God, there's so many changes I want to implement. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So I think that also taking a step back helps quite a lot in that. It's mm. like for you to notice what is your dishwasher. Yeah. It's, it's also understanding yourself, isn't it? You need to know yeah. what you like and what you don't like and not based on what other people think mm. they enjoy and what they don't enjoy. Yeah, it's very true. So I think it's interesting. I think it's always that balance of like what you value, what you can create systems for, you know. Mm. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, how can I say this? Like I don't torture myself so much if I'm like, my God, oh yeah, tomorrow I need a solution for this. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's fine. If other people like it you know, ahead of me, let me take my time. Let me see like what I actually want to build, what actually makes sense for all sorts. Like I don't, I don't yeah. rush with these things. No. The same task can be interesting for one person and then a burden for the other person. So you've got to decide what you want to separate out and what you want to outsource. Mm-hmm. Not what based on what I do or based on what Tiago does. Yeah, it's so true. So at the moment, for instance, the podcast editing, I do have, again, podcast in Portuguese. <laughs> and it's the same, like there's a person who does an amazing job editing and I find it amazing that it's the kind of thing that, you know, we just record it. You, the person takes care of it, takes very good care of it, does an amazing job, 
I and if I was to do it, I would mm. perhaps also overthink it because mm. I would be like, my God, yeah, I want to create these effects here. Let's let's add some, mm. you know, some noises or let's some add some effects. And I think also taking that step back of yeah. having full control of the process is very interesting as well. Like I had some creative insights, like just letting somebody else do that part of the job and like, wow, they got to a place I would never think of. I love mm-hmm. that they thought about this because they have an outside perspective. Yeah. So there's the power, uh, something very powerful there as well. So what's one mindset shift you think people could make that are listening today that make a positive difference to their lives? If you're a designer, you are going to have this this very clear mindset of like, maybe I'm horrible at what I do because look at these people, like these 10 people who inspire me because they're amazing and you know mm-hmm. my work is so bad. But actually, no, maybe you're just <laughs> inside your bubble and actually you do that thing way better than 99% of the world population. And I think that very, very, very small aspect of life, like just being aware that we live in separate bubbles, like my family bubble, my work bubble, whatever, <laughs> can be helpful in many ways. Like for you to charge more for your work, because you understand more your value, for you, for like even facing imposter syndrome, because <laughs> you realize that actually, no, I can't do these things. You know what I mean? It's not because <laughs> that other person perhaps has a bit more experience than me or a lot more experience that I can't, you know, that doesn't (laughs) make me bad. So yeah, I think that helps us with many things. Communicating better as well. Communicating Mm. better outside of bubbles, not using acronyms or like terms that are hard Mm. with other people. So I think that the the sort of mindset of like we live in bubbles and that affects how we work and how we interact with other people is like a massive thing. It's so simple. It makes such a massive difference. (laughs) Yeah. Because even if you look at, for example anything with football like dance anything people always compare themselves to the people ahead of them yeah and they forget that they're actually moved quite far already so they lose the sight of the progress they've made so for example with a dance form i do bhangra i'm probably in the top one percent of the world of it because most of the people in the world don't do it so by the very nature of them never having experienced it before going to one or two classes automatically puts you in the top percentage in the world yeah and it's something which you don't think about, right? Even with football, which is a much more popular sport, most people might have played it a little bit. But if you're playing every week, you're probably better than most people at that too. <laughs> but we always compare ourselves to the person who's playing with us. Yeah. And it can make us lose sight of, like you said, of how we're actually pretty good compared to the average human being. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you're good at or what you do. You're going to be better at things than most other people in the world are by the very nature of you spending more time on it than other people do. Mm. Yeah, and, I, and then that leads us to another very good question, which is how to not lose sight, right, mm-hmm. of the progress. And I think a good way to do it, and that's the way I like to do it, it's not mm-hmm. the right answer, it's just trying to help people out, people mm-hmm. that perhaps are in the same journey as you. You don't need to focus mm-hmm. so much on, like, are they ahead? Are they on the same spot? Mm-hmm. Are they behind? But, like, if you just generally find joy in helping it also helps you put things in perspective because, whoa, this person is asking me this question, which is something I did a year mm-hmm. ago or two years ago, and I know how to answer, I know how to reply. And just yeah. paying attention to those small moments of, cool, I was able to help, and also I put in perspective how much I've learned since that last experience, right? Yeah. I think it's a healthy balance between let's admire this person that I think is ahead, but also like let's be mm-hmm. mindful of how much we progress. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you can have both, right? It doesn't need to be... You don't need to think you're amazing, you're best in the rest of the world. You yeah. can appreciate, oh, I'm pretty good, 
but there's still more that I can learn. And it's having that right mindset of, you don't need to put yourself down so much. I think sometimes, it's, I think it's strange that when people become good, because they're more aware of how much they've got to go to become the best, yeah. it's something to put themselves down more. Whereas when somebody's new to something, then they know they're bad, but it's fine because they're new. Yeah. And it's kind of trying to keep that mindset of, it's okay to be bad at something because it means you can improve. And that could be quite exciting that you can go from nothing to like 90% good pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's always this thing as well. I see the curve, right? It's always harder to make those final little bits to become the best in the world mm-hmm. than to become at a level where you're best than 99% of the world. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. And I find that nowadays, especially, it's so hard not to compare yourself <laughs> because yeah. of social media and stuff is basically like we never in history had so much stimulus for comparison. Right? Yeah. And I think it's really important to remember we don't have all the data. Like we mm-hmm. never have all the data. We don't know exactly. If we were to build an infographic about this other person, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to because it's a lot of perspective in there. It's not facts. It's not numbers. It's not, <laughs> you yeah. know, even if we were to build an infographic about ourselves, we would have, you know, a big struggle. Gaps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big gaps of information there. So that helps me quite a lot as well in that sense. I always think that like, cool, these are the facts. I don't know. Maybe this person knew another one. And maybe this person came from a family who has a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know their context. Yeah. And it's not my, my role to assume, right? Yeah. So I do I do agree with you. I think this element of comparison, like, it's something we need to pay attention to quite a lot. Yeah. And I think it does what you said. Like, it makes such a positive difference to your mind if you can understand how toxic your bubble can be sometimes where mm. you don't realize that you've done pretty well you've done a lot better than you think you have and also just understanding people from different backgrounds where sometimes i know people think oh the other side is evil or whatever yeah but if you can understand that's just my bubble and the way i think and the other people aren't necessarily evil they just have a different way of thinking to me yeah it makes just life a little bit less tense as well no 100 percent. i 100 percent agree I think it's just like genuinely good to think outside the bubble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just to, to kind of try to develop skills outside the bubble, try to communicate with people out of the bubble, try mm-hmm. to... And as you said, like th- there's tension there. So like, mm-hmm. how do I relieve that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need. Why do I need to leave that in such a tense way? And just this perspective, this ability to take a step out of the bubble, I think makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure to chat to you, Tiago. Yeah. Where can the listeners hear more from you? Perhaps direct people to my Instagram. So it's called mm. Chira do Papel. Uh, that's probably going to be a link in the description somewhere. Mm. So you can check my things there. Very soon, I'll be creating content in Medium. So maybe one day, you know, mm. we chat again and I'll be able to say, I am mm. this guy from Medium. But for yeah. now, <laughs> for now, there's no content in English. We can check my workout at Chira do Papel. It would be a pleasure to chat with you, actually. Send me, drop me a message there if you listen to this. Mm. It would be nice to chat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to convince him to create a new Instagram in English. Because his pictures are really cool, but I don't know what any of it means. Yeah. <laughs> so I go through his polls and I just vote on something random to see if I get the right answer. Thank you. Thank you. And the final thing is, what's one small thing that's brought you joy recently? Ooh, small thing that brought me joy recently. I think I take a lot of joy from random messages I get. So I think the most recent one was just replying to my newsletters. I, I do get lots of cute messages. As I said... Many content creators don't appreciate that. They're just mm-hmm. like, thank you, that's it. But I generally take the time to like read through, imagine how mm-hmm. people are thinking. And I think that like the most recent one was that. Just being able to like mm-hmm. see somebody complimenting my work so deeply, creating the time to write yeah. down why my work has influenced their life in a positive way. And that makes me like, wow, 
If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. It really helps to get the message out further. Wherever you're listening, it would be awesome if you could subscribe and to share on your social media channels. If you want to see more of my work and advice, you can find all of the links in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a lovely day.